Hi, welcome to Aspen Chapel's podcast on today, Sunday, the 20th of November. And today we're looking at the subject of just having a bit of a breathing space. And we're going to start with the reading of the stilling of the storm. Uh, From the fourth chapter of Mark. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke and said to him, Teacher, you don't care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. The wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Thank you, Willie. Lovely. There we are. Well, it seems to me when I was thinking about this Sunday that it really is a bit of a breathing space. Uh, You know, we've had all the drama of the election and everything else behind us. And in front of us, we've got Thanksgiving, Advent, Christmas, and whatever's going to be happening in the future. And I think this Sunday is just a good time just to take a pause for a moment. You know, in those films... When someone gets in a panic, you know, the hero or the nurse always says, breathe, breathe. You know, and just in that moment of breathing, we calm down. And often we have to remember to breathe, you know, to take that breath. I remember once when I was uh, working in a local, I started my career working in a local radio station, BBC Radio Bristol uh, in England. And uh, it was my first job, and, and I was sent out my first job reporting uh, on the flooding of a local river. And I was sent off to do the legwork with a reporter who was going to do the main reporting on the radio station. And my job was really to run around interviewing people, you know, just without a microphone, you know, finding someone who had their house flooded out, you know, another person who'd had his jaw wired together to lose weight. In local radio, you interview anybody. You know, and I, I, I was to find all that stuff. And then about an hour or so later, we were to opt into, which is the technical term for going into the, the actual morning program that was happening on the radio. And as we were, were doing that, you know, the reporter stood there with his headphones listening intently. Well, well, I had a cigarette at the side. In those days, everyone smoked. But I, had a, I was having a cigarette at the side. And suddenly he, was, he, he starts, you know, he's listening on his headphones and Suddenly he begins to talk animatedly, you know, because obviously he's now on air. And he's, I'm here in a scene of utter devastation, you know, houses are flooded, you know, jaws are wired up and all that sort of business, you know. And eventually he came to an end. And I was just sitting by a car having a fag. He came to an end. Uh, and rather than handing back to the studio, he said, I'm here with our other reporter, Nicholas Smeezy. Nicholas, how do you see the situation? At which point he just handed me the microphone live. And I was like mid-fag and miles away. 
And I just sort of began speaking and I strung words together and I sort of made sense. However, in the middle of it, I forgot to take a breath between the words. And I got to the point where if I did take a breath, it would sound more like I was coming up from air from being underwater for a couple of minutes. (laughs) And the reporter saw my distress. And I could see him thinking, that'll teach you, cocky person. You know, you know, he really, you know, he really wanted to teach me a lesson. And I was making cutting motions like this, pleading with him to take the microphone breath so I could take a breath. And just before I died, you know, he took the breath and just continued as if nothing else had happened. I forgot to breathe. You know, my panic mounted. We have to remember, in all the panic of everything, to take that breath, to take a moment just to be when everything around us is going mad. Like that Jesus in that, it's such a great reading that, you know, everything is going mad, the disciples start going mad. He's just asleep. You know, he's okay. And I love that idea that, and I've always said this, that God comes to us in the circumstances of our lives. And then, then God asks us to respond to her rather than the circumstances. So God comes to us in the circumstances of our lives. And then we're not to relate to the circumstances. We're actually to relate to God within that. As we look at our circumstances, it's so easy to respond to what's going on rather than the message that the circumstances are bringing us. It's the message. It could be, you know, the direction the country's taken or the reactions of others around that direction. It could be our feelings about the future or how this or that problem is going to impact on us. It could be the way that others are treating us in our lives. Whatever's going on, it's tempted to be swayed one way or another by the circumstances, by our feelings, by all the things that are going on. But in reality, it's not the outside circumstances. What message are those circumstances bringing you from the natural order that looks after all things. If you assume there is a natural order, what is it saying to you? You know, or to put it another way, what is all this asking of me? What is all this asking of me? These circumstances, this situation, whatever's going on, rather than reacting, how do I respond in a loving way? There's that lovely quote from Viktor Frankl. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. In that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Through everything, something is calling to us. Not just to the greater us that often responds with pitchforks and flaming torches, but to the individual us. Something's calling to you and me. What is it saying to me in my life? That's the question. In order to really hear, we have to stop in that moment between stimulus and response. And we have to breathe. And breathing, I think, is a very mystical action. You might not think so because, you know, doing it every day, all day. But, you know, Evelyn Underhill describes mysticism as the art of union with reality. Mysticism is the art of union with reality. And 
What could be more real than remembering to acknowledge that we are connected to everything through the oxygen we breathe? And that we breathe that oxygen into our bodies from the outside and then breathe out carbon dioxide. What could be more in union with reality than that? And to do it consciously. It's no coincidence that a key part of meditation is breathing, conscious breathing. We become aware of our breath and all that surround us. We come into the present. Being aware of our breath gives us time to take in what's happening, whatever we're feeling, and respond with something loving. To be a sort of human photosynthesis, taking in whatever it is, pain, anger, fear, and transforming it by love into love. And that's really our job. You know, I've said this before, but you know, our purpose in life is to take in all that comes in towards us and respond in a loving way. And to transform whatever pain or anguish or whatever it is we feel, to transform that into love, to come into the present, including all the emotions of the moment, and to find that space which is between stimulus and response. We have to find that sweet spot. Because in that space is our power to choose our response. And in that response lies our growth and our freedom. So I'm suggesting that we might take a breath. Now, are you up for trying a bit of this? I'm going to suggest we try a bit of this. This this is going to be an involvement thing. You won't have to stand up, no, no taking off your clothes or anything like that. So it's very relaxed. So what I'm going to invite you to do, if you feel like doing that, I see my son's very relieved that uh, no one's taking off their clothes. <laughs> what I'm going to ask you to do is really to sit squarely in your seat with your just hands on your thighs. And if you feel comfortable enough, I'm going to suggest you just close your eyes. And just become aware of the sounds around you. And just relax. Being completely safe. Notice how your body feels. Go to where you feel any aches or pains and just note they're there. Maybe note what's going on in your mind. Just recognize that. Okay, what I want you to do now is to put your attention on your feet. Notice how they feel. Any heat or pain. Just become aware of your feet. And now move up to your calves and and do the same. Just become aware of your calves. Now your knees. Put your attention to your knees. And now up into your thighs. Have your attention on your thighs and on your buttocks where you're sitting down. And now just put your attention in your stomach. Notice how that feels. And up into your chest. 
As you come into your chest, just notice your breathing. And as you do, just deepen your breathing a little. Just relaxing even more. And now move your attention up into your neck and up into your head. And just imagine that space between your ears. And as you breathe each breath, imagine the breath filling every part of that space in your head with cool air. Notice how dark it is, no light coming from anywhere. And now just put your attention on your nostrils and just feel the air coming in through them. And now I want you to imagine the space just in front of you from where you are breathing the air, the space in front of your chair, literally your breathing space. Just imagine that space in front of you. And I want you to picture in front of you a source of light. It may be the figure of Christ, it may be the sun, it may be a flame, but just have that source of light there in front of you. And as you see it, become aware of your breathing again and breathe that light in through your nostrils into the space between your ears. And as you do that, notice that the space between your ears is becoming filled with light. And as you breathe that light, it comes in down your neck and into your body so that your body starts to become filled with light down into your chest, that light filling your arms, filling your stomach, into your seat, down your thighs, into your legs, and finally into your feet. So now your body is filled with that light, and you're glowing with the brightness of it, and just enjoy that. Now I want you to put your attention back on the source of light in, that's just in front of you there. And in your own way, give thanks for what you've received. Now I want you to ask that source if you might become the source of some light for others around you. And if the answer is yes... Ask that source of light what you must do to make that happen in your life. What must you do to provide such light for others? And just listen for the answer. And maybe consider what that might mean for you in your life, whatever circumstances you're finding yourself in.
Okay, in a moment I'm going to ask you to gradually open your eyes and come back into the room. So open your eyes and just come back into the room. All of us have the power to affect the circumstances around us. We just have to make sure that we're being guided in that response rather than trying to do things our own way, that we're connected and that we're part of that calming, loving light. Let's pray. Do pray for our world that some of that love and that calm and that light may be in the hearts of leaders all around the world. Think particularly of Aleppo at the moment, Mosul, countries experiencing difficulty and pain. Think of our own country, pray for our leaders, pray for the hearts of people up and down the country, for love, kindness, and sensitivity. And pray for ourselves here, people traveling over Thanksgiving weekend, for safety, people visiting us, people working, helping and supporting up and down the valley. And just think of our own life. We just give thanks for Paul Mayer recovering from surgery at the moment, and we just give thanks for that surgery being successful, and also Joe Scott's surgery being successful as well. We pray for him. Continue to pray for Elaine Pagels recovering from Legionnaire's disease, for Tegan Sullivan, Pat Freeman's granddaughter, for Kathy Malaki Myers, for Sharice, for Vilbrett Kahlberg, for Elise Strickland, Maureen and Tom Hirsch, Will Welsh, Barbara Orcutt, and Patricia Hill, and really giving thanks for the birth of Bud and Norris's grandchild. Lord, we just thank you for what you give us in our lives. May we just take the time to appreciate what we've been given this Thanksgiving. Just take this moment just to go in and reflect so that we may come out with that love of God on our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.